Hello, 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 and welcome to the very first episode of The Closing Track. My name is Brady Cairns, and for those of you that don't know what this show is all about, um, The Closing Track is a brand new music podcast where I, along with many other guests, go through an artist's entire discography, but only judge each album based on the final track of those individual albums. It's a fun new experiment. Um, It's going to be a little weird. Um, But for today's episode, I am going to be on my own, but down the road, there will be lots of different people that I'm going to have on to talk about different artists. I'm going to send out a list and see what people are passionate about, um, what artists they want to talk about, you know, feel strongly, whatever, all that jazz. But um, for today's episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about the rap collective Brockhampton, um, aka, you know, the best boy band since One Direction. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk about some basic uh, housekeeping stuff, um, just so people know what this show is all about. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of those other you know places you get your podcasts, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. If you found this on YouTube, because this is also available on YouTube, still in an audio form, but you know with a background chances are you might be a little bit confused because this is going up on what used to be the Up at 2.38 a.m. YouTube channel. So that channel is still there. It's just under a new name. It'll now be going by the closing track, the name of this show. Um, and there's still going to be going, you know, different content going up there than just this show, but this show will be on there now. It's just a new name, just kind of a bit of a, a pivot towards this is now the main thing. So... If you are listening to this right now, that probably means nothing to you, Um, but up at 2.38 a.m. was the former channel. Now it's just the closing track. That's it. Pretty simple. Easy. Whatever. Um, Anyway, um, I kind of want to just jump right into this, talking about Brockhampton. This is a little bit different for me. Um, I have done podcasting a little bit before, but I used to be going back and forth with someone and that's why I'm going to have different people on for different episodes but for this first one it's just going to be me so it's going to be a little bit hard getting into the rhythm so bear with me about some of that stuff but like I said this should be a fun new experiment Um, a little bit about me Um, I am a huge music fan Um, I listen to all kinds of different stuff and I just thought I listen to a lot of music and I know there are a lot of albums that are either obscure or maybe too long, and so they can sometimes turn people off to them. So I thought it would be kind of funny if you just talked about the entire album just based on that last song, especially because I just really love strong closing tracks. I think it is important to me personally if an album is able to end in an impactful way. Uh, there was an album specifically that kind of drove me to this concept, um, and that would be The New Abnormal, the newest album from The Strokes, but I'm going to talk about The Strokes in a different episode. Um, I'm going to have somebody coming on to talk about that, but yeah, um, so I'm encouraging you, if you are listening to this, to try to think about these albums as if there were no other songs in them, so it's a little weird, it's a little weird to get into that headspace. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Brockhampton. Um, I thought Brockhampton would be a good group to start off with for the first episode because one, um, I'm very familiar with their discography. 
Uh, I've listened to them for a few years now. I'm a big fan of their stuff. And also, I think they just have enough of, a, you know, a dense enough discography to talk about. And I think that is important when, you know, t- taking an entire episode about a given artist. They are pretty new, so they're, it's not as dense as, like, any, you know, any older artists. Um, but I do think they've got some interesting some interesting music, some interesting lyricism, production, whatnot. Um, I'm only going to be talking about their five studio albums, so The Three Saturations, Iridescence, and Ginger. I'm not going to talk about the mixtape, All-American Trash. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it anyway. <laughs> I feel like they would kind of agree that it is not their best work, necessarily. Um, but some background on some of these albums. So the first three saturations all came out in 2017. Um, they were an up and coming group at the time. Uh, the standout being Kevin abstract who had a a career of his own, but, uh, brought together all these different guys they met online. And so they started making music together. It's primarily, you know, rap hip hop, but it does kind of blend a lot of different genres. It's definitely more alternative if anything, um, personally, I am a big fan of the first saturation. I, I like two and three, but one is one that I am a huge fan of, but I'm going to go in order of album release. It's important to mention though, that Brockhampton can be loud, sometimes angry, sometimes a little crazy. But the thing about their closing tracks for all of their albums is they are all very slow mellow a lot of the time ballads which is a little bit different just based on a lot of their other songs so it's weird when you're talking about just that song and judging an album because in the instance of saturation one the song waste is the closing track and i believe at least for waste and summer bareface um who is you know mainly the singer of the group sings both of those outros and they're kind of moving, like I said, very slow, but in contrast to the rest of the album, that's very strange to think about because it's not really an accurate representation of their music as a whole. So if you're looking at just Waste or Summer, you wouldn't really think of them the way you do now. So it's weird to think about it that way. Um, so the, the five songs that come at the end of these albums are Waste, Summer, Team, Fabric, and Victor Roberts. Um, I really like Waste in Summer. Waste is probably my favorite. Um, I just think there's a lot of good lyrics from Bareface in this one. It's pretty much all him, I think. Um, yeah, and it's just a, a good final closer. I, and that's and that's where it's kind of strange with this song is because some some songs on on the end of an album might feel like they're closing that album out but some they just do them as as standalone songs they don't feel like they're closing an album out they just feel like something you can listen to on its own these songs very distinctly feel like closing tracks and that's why i think to me if you're looking at them as standalone tracks as the only way to judge the album waste although it's a personal favorite i think is less of a strong song than summer is um but waste uh some of the lyrics that are on here from bareface it says 
Which is just an amazing verse. I, I think that you can really feel the emotion in that in that verse and, and in all of Bareface's verses. I think he is the heavy center of um, you know, some of the more sad emotions that, you know, come out of Brockhampton songs until Ginger, which I'm gonna get into later. Um, but talking about Summer, the verse that we have for Bareface in Summer is In the heat of the summer You know that you should be my boy You can see the theme in both Waste and Summer. Um, and just on in the Genius Annotation here, you can see that Summer was first a snippet on Empty, um, which is a Kevin Abstract song. It's one of my favorite songs like ever, not just my favorite Kevin Abstract song. Um, but he talks about the awkward suburban hero. And this is a quote that says, the awkward suburban hero is someone who deals with stuff like secrecy, vulnerability, and trying to be yourself in a place where people don't want you to be yourself at all, he said. Or if people don't want you to exist and just existing is enough to make you a hero. So there, there are elements of... Brockhampton songs that you can see as Kevin Abstract songs and vice versa. I really like a lot of Kevin's solo stuff, but in, um, for example, his most recent album, uh, Arizona Baby, there were a lot of songs that they were scrapped Brockhampton songs. So you can see the flip side of that where thematically you can understand where these songs come from. Um, I think that Summer and Waste, like I said earlier, are the best ones of this bunch. But they're the best ones of this bunch as closers. I don't know if they're the best as standalone tracks. That's the problem with, you know, I guess the, the premise of this entire show when talking about closing tracks. There's a lot of things that I personally look for in a closing track when I'm finishing an album. But then when you isolate it and remove it, there's a very different appeal there. Um, so the next song off of Saturation 3 is the song Team. I'm not crazy about Team. I don't know what it is. And there's a lot of songs that I like on Saturation 3. Um, but but that it just doesn't hit as hard as I think Waste or Summer does. But when I was listening to these songs on their own, because I put the five of these songs in a playlist on their own just to listen to them as themselves without the rest of the album as, I guess, a reference. And I think listening to Team on its own almost added to it, weirdly enough. Uh, I think that maybe that could be part of the reason why I think that uh, as a standalone track, I think Team might be better than waste or summer it's very strange because i I don't i don't remember really liking team as a song um the there's more than just bareface on this one too that's that's one of the weird parts is there is some bareface singing but then there there's rapping on this one which 
I think is another reason that I like it as a standalone track because listening to Waste in Summer, I feel like you need the context of the rest of the album. Team, I feel like you can listen to on its own and it it will stand on its own without the rest of the stuff in the album. Uh, you get verses from each of the members of the group and you get you know different perspectives than just the bareface perspective. Um, one cool thing though, which is maybe part of another reason why this is not so good of a standalone track is it ends with the beginning of heat. So the saturation trilogy were three albums that all came out in the same year and more or less kind of were one cohesive concept. Heat is the very first song of saturation one. So the very last song of saturation three ends and then it kicks back up into the first so if you are looking at these songs as standalones and you're not looking at this as three albums that are one giant project together, I don't think it really works, which is a shame um, because I do like these songs, but I think as standalone tracks, they don't really work for me. I think you need the context of the rest of the album and not just the rest of the album, but I think you need the context of all three of the albums. Um, but after the saturation albums, there was a bit of a hiatus um, because member Amir Van was accused of sexual assault. I believe I, I cannot remember the exact allegations, Um but they were working on an album when this happened and he left the, the group. And so they pivoted to a different album, Iridescence. I was really excited for this album. It was probably the one of the albums I've been the most excited for like ever. I think the saturation albums just hooked me in so hard and the concept of a new project that wouldn't be locked into those concepts. Although I did like a lot of the, the the themes that were set up on those albums. I wanted something a little bit different. It just intrigued me. And I remember liking what I thought was singles being the, um, it was like the 1998 Truman and then the 1997 Diana, 1999 Wildfire. But those didn't even end up being on the project. I think that might've been part of, I don't know. I can't remember what they were a part of, but um, I liked the album a lot when it came out. Um, I picked up the vinyl for it. I, I was I was a huge fan of this album. Fabric, every time I listen to this song, which is the closing track on Iridescence, I kind of forget it exists. I don't know what it is about it. It has um, a lot of themes that are set up throughout Iridescence. Like there's a lot of samples, a lot of specific production choices that I think are layered in that final track. But I don't know what it is, but I always kind of forget it's a thing. Anytime I go to listen, if I'm like, hey, I want to listen to Iridescence, there's songs that I always very specifically pick out. Like, I always love how New Orleans feels. Um, I like listening to Wait because I think it's, you know, moving. Honey is a lot of fun. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good songs on that album that I, that I like as messy and a little disjointed as the album is. There's songs on there I do like, but Fabric I just never remember, but... In prepping for this episode, I listened to that song a bunch, and it's really freaking good. 
Um, but the things I said, like those samples and production choices that you see throughout the rest of Iridescence that are brought up again in Fabric, if you isolate Fabric as a standalone track, I think it would be less good. I, I don't think those choices make as much sense. Like they have the um the take it all or leave it, which is a sample that is or like a uh it's used as an intro in a lot of other tracks, which it's mostly fine in this track, but then throughout you hear little things that you could hear in the rest of the songs that I think it doesn't make as much sense when you just isolate this one track. Um but that being said, the verses on here are really hard hitting. Um Kevin opens up with, I can't sleep like I used to. The world will try to tell you who you are before you get to. Explain yourself, your thoughts, your motives, and all of your reasons. Two albums every season. What the hell do y'all believe in? Why the hell do y'all keep reaching? And this one is an interesting verse to me. The Specifically the lines, two albums every season. What the hell do y'all believe in? Why the hell do y'all keep reaching? Um, Kevin has been pretty vocal on social media about pressures involving the group and from fans and just general stress from running this group and I think that it's a really powerful line and I I kind of understand but at the same time they they put out three albums uh the year before because I believe Iridescence was 2018 and all three of the saturations were 2017 so it's like I mean, you did put out three albums, so I it, you could go both ways. Like, oh, well, then they definitely should have a break. Or, oh, well, then why wouldn't you put out a bunch of albums? But, you know, whatever. Um, but then he also has a line, why the hell the BBC only writes about me when it comes down to controversy? What about three CDs in one year with no label? Then we signed and our story turned into a fucking fable. So that's the same kind of concept where he's talking about those three albums the saturation albums that they put out the year before i think that this song to me i think if i could put it into one word is kind of burnout um i think it's a culmination of a lot of different things i think it's all the stresses of the saturation albums i think it's talking about the amir situation although kind of dancing around it and not really delving into it until ginger which i will talk about very soon But I think, you know, and Dom has a good verse on here too, but I think it's Kevin's that is the most important verse on this song. Fabric is really good. I go back and forth on whether or not it would be a good way to represent the whole album. I think, so Saturation 1, 2, and 3... So with Waste and Summer, I don't think they represent the album. And I I'm, I go back and forth on whether or not they're good standalone tracks. Saturation 3 with Team, I think Team does represent the album. Um, and I think it is kind of a good standalone track. Fabric has a lot of different elements of the album layered within it. And for that, I think it might be, of these five songs, the best one weirdly enough it's it's kind of hard when you're talking about these as just standalone tracks and uh, on my own it's hard for me to reconcile these things that's why I kind of for a lot of other artists I definitely want to have different opinions at the table people talking about you know how they feel about this the songs or the albums but for myself I like all of these songs so 
it, it is a little bit tougher for me to decide whether or not I think that the standalone track is a better representation of a closing track or one that represents the album better. If it should be able to stand on its own or it represents the album better. I think kind of a little bit of both, which is strange, but and that's why I think Fabric does it really well. I think Fabric manages to nail that concept. So in the following year, um, they put out their next album, Ginger. Um, Ginger is a kind of divisive album, I think, within the Brockhampton fan base. I did enjoy the singles leading up to Ginger. I remember the weird thing about the singles leading up to Ginger are they were the more upbeat songs, I guess. Um, So, for example, I remember Boy Bye and If You Pray Right, and I remember loving both those songs. But then when you listen to them within the context of the album, they do not fit in at all, which is why the closing track, Victor Roberts, I think kind of nails it. Victor Roberts is, it starts off very um, spoken word before it goes into some uh, verses. So it is Victor Roberts, that is the name of the the guy who's speaking this verse and the name of the song. Um, And he goes into... um, his family history, dealing with police, and um, helping someone by bringing them into their household, but having that help betrayed when that someone gets into some bad dealings with crack cocaine. So, basically, Victor is a friend that Dom met online, and Victor told him the story when they were playing a game together online. Uh, It was specifically Skate 1. And although Victor had done production work on some of Dom's earlier tracks, this was Victor's first public rap performance. It's a pretty moving verse, and that's why I think the album as a whole, Ginger, deals with, for the most part, a lot of the problems that plague the group. It talks They talk about Amir a lot and how hard that was on all of them and, and everything that followed and... Basically, the album is just very sad. So songs like Boy Bye or If You Pray Right that were singles, that were upbeat, fun, I don't think necessarily do this album a lot of good, which is unfortunate because I I love Boy Bye. I think as a standalone track, it's a lot of fun. Uh, But I think within the context of the album, I, I don't like it as much. Victor Roberts is great on its own. Um, because I think it's a good story. It's an example of great storytelling and music, and it also represents the album as a whole. So Fabric and Victor Roberts are two songs that I I remember going into this world, going into this artist. Um, I love Brockhampton. I love these songs, and I know these songs, and I know I went into this. I was like, here are these five tracks. I love Waste. I love Summer. Team's all right. I, haven't, I don't really remember Fabric or Victor Roberts, and Victor Roberts was recent. But I feel like after listening to these five on their own, I think Fabric and Victor Roberts are better closing tracks, which is strange. I think Victor Roberts really is not what I think of when I think of Brockhampton. I think a lot of people think of the same things when they think of Brockhampton. Um, I think, you know, the joke that there's 
20, 30 of them, which is obviously not true, but it's, you know, one of the first things people say. A lot of people think of songs like Bleach or Gold or maybe even Star. A lot of the, other than Bleach, you know, Golden Star, more of the upbeat songs, but then Bleach, which is, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, their best song ever. But weirdly enough, I think if you isolate tracks like Victor Roberts and Fabric, they are more representative of these bodies of work that they've put out. This is a strange thing. I I think that going through any of these artists, it's going to be a little bit weird. And it's kind of fun because I think that um, to give some examples of some albums recently that kind of made me think of this, like I said, the Strokes album, but also a recent album that came out was the 1975's Notes on a Conditional Form. I think that was like late May. Um, it was an album that I wasn't necessarily excited about. Uh, I wasn't loving the singles. Um, and I saw that the runtime was, I think, like almost an hour and a half. And this is a band that I like, and they have a lot of music I like. But I was already not excited. And so what would get me to listen to an hour and a half album? And I listened to the whole thing from start to finish, but I know a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people would just rather know if the album is good based on like a song. And you can pick like a single and be like, well, this is good, so the album's good, but why not take the one song at the end and kind of go, well, if this is good, if this represents the album and it's good as a standalone track then the album's good. I I think that is the most important thing about a closing track. I think it should be representative of the album as a whole and also be able to stand on its own. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I have a long list of different artists that I want to talk about, but I kind of want to save them for when I have different people on. Um, But just, yeah, if you see an artist that, stands out to you that we make an episode on definitely check it out because I'm going to have a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions on. And I think that is what most of the appeal of this show will be. I think, you know, me sitting here talking about these five tracks, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I've given insight and I'll say a little bit more here too, but the having people around a table debating different things that they like or don't like about music and artists is important. Like, I was going through, in preparation for this show, a lot of different artists and going through their discographies and looking at what the last songs was uh, were on each of these albums and being like, okay, which ones are the best? And it does some weird things. Like, for example, one of my favorite albums ever um, is Morbid Stuff by Pup. Uh, and the last song on that album is City. And I'm like, hmm that is probably my least favorite track on that album. And I think that album is phenomenal across the board, but I think it is one of the weaker tracks and then stuff like going through Kanye's discography. And if you're only looking at closing tracks, I mean, you've got a lot of albums to look at, but you know, Yeezus is not necessarily one of my favorite Kanye albums ever, but bound Two is one of my favorite Kanye songs ever. So it's like, I think it'll force people to have to look at full bodies of work a little bit different because there 
are a lot of freaking songs and albums and artists and um, streaming has made that so different. Like just the way that anybody can put out whatever they want and there are so many artists with just lengthy discography. I mean, Brockhampton started out putting those three albums out without a label. And I have a lot of artists on this list that, you know, people might not know, people might know. I, you know, I have stuff like, I, I do, in, like I said, I do intend to talk about Kanye or the 1975, and obviously those are big artists, so people will know that, but that's not only what I intend to talk about. But if you are not a Brockhampton fan, um, I'm assuming if you clicked on this that you are a Brockhampton fan, but say you aren't, I guess one of the things that I wanted to say is if these were the only tracks you heard, do you think it would drive you to listen to the artist? Um, and I think, yes. Um, I think for things like waste or summer, no, which sucks because I like those tracks, but I don't think that would draw me into them as a group. I think songs like team to some extent and definitely fabric or Victor Roberts would interest me. Victor Roberts is like I said, unique cause it's kind of like a spoken word kind of thing, but it's a, a, it would be something that would draw me in. Now, with all that being said, I'd like to jump into a bit of a different segment. Uh, If you're familiar with the channel or the old podcast, you know that uh, I used to have a segment that was, what are you listening to? Or I've done a uh, YouTube video on it for like the month of whatever stuff I listened to in that month. Um, And so I kind of wanted to carry that over here. Uh, It would be on each episode the same way, but it would just be, what are you listening to at the end of the show? And if I have anybody else on, it'd be, what are they listening to as well? It's just a good way for me to talk about new music in addition to whatever artist I'm talking about that week. So um, I didn't do anything for May or June, so I've kind of had a lot of stuff that I've listened to in those two months. There was a lot of music. May was like especially a big month, at least in my opinion, for new album releases june there's been a couple that have interested me but may there was like a whole bunch um kicking off may for me though just some stuff that i loved stuff i listened to whether or not i liked it um but kicking it off was the debut album from the rex uh the album was called infinitely ordinary uh the rex is a band that i have followed for some time now um i've seen them in concert like three times and i think they're pretty great but even in all the times i saw them i think they only had like eight songs i don't know the exact number but it was pretty low um because they had like two eps and so you know i loved the music that they did have but i I was you know itching for them to put out a a full full full-length album and the album's good um there's only i think it's eight tracks five of them are new three of them are singles it's it's good like i said i I think it's a little too short i want to say it clocks in at like 23 minutes um, which is fine. Um, I prefer albums that are at least a little bit longer than that. I know that's contradictory to the, <laughs> the point of this whole podcast, but I like a little bit of, of, uh, meat on my, uh, albums, but there's another album on this list that I'm going to get into that is like the complete opposite of that, where I think it's a little bit too long, but, um, but yeah, I think it's really good. Um, all of this, I loved all the singles for starters, but a lot of the new tracks are really good. Um, funny enough, the closing track 
was definitely one of my favorites. The closing track is also the title track, Infinitely Ordinary. I really liked uh, Feel So Nice, which was a new track. Four, which was like one of the first real, I guess, slow kind of ballad-like songs that they had. A lot of their songs are upbeat, alt-rock tunes, so it was good to have a little bit of a change of pace in there. Um, Another new album that came out that I liked was the new album from Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now. Um, I'm not going to give any of these number scores because, I don't know, I, I, I'm going, I go back and forth on it. Sometimes I will, like, I just think they're all so different. It can be a little bit hard to do it all in one go. Um, but with Charlie's new album, uh, I really liked Charlie, her album in, in 2019. Um, and this album was coming kind of off the heels of that. I think uh, Charlie was in, yeah, like September. So, and this album came out in just, like I said, May. Uh, this album was recorded like entirely in quarantine. Um, there's a lot of really good tracks on here. I think uh, Forever, Clause, and Seven Years is like one of the best three track runs that I've heard in a long time. There's another album on here I was going to talk about where I really at first thought it was like the best three track run or whatever, but I've kind of changed my opinion on that over time. But this one for sure is that those three tracks, I, I love just playing back to back. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I don't, I don't think it's as good as Charlie. I think that's like her, you know, her best album for sure. But I, I think it's still really good, especially, you know, based on the fact that it was all recorded in entirely in quarantine. Um, the next album was the new Perfume Genius album is another one that I've been listening to. Um, it's called Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. Yeah, I just want to make sure I got that right. Um, this is my first time listening to Perfume Genius. This album had had a lot of buzz, so I thought I'd check it out. And through that, I also kind of backtracked and listened to No Shape, which was like uh, his 2017 album. Um, both are really good and I didn't realize that slip away, which was a song I was familiar with, but I didn't know it was him because it was one that like, I just knew by sound, but until I listened to the album, I was like, Oh shoot, that's him. Uh, it was in book smart, which is a movie I really love. It's, there's a great scene in there that uses this song really well, but speaking specifically about set my heart on fire immediately, uh, I really like this album. Um, some standouts for me were uh, Describe, Without You, On the Floor. I think there's just a lot of... His vocals are just insane. I, I don't know how else to really say it. I think there's it's a little front-loaded, and I know some people might disagree with me on that. I think I enjoy a lot more of the first half of the album than, than the second half, but I still think it's a really great listen. Um, Yet another one in May. The new Moses Sumney album, Grey. Uh, just like Perfume Genius, this was my first uh, Moses Sumney project. Um, I like it a lot. Again, <laughs> I, I think I, I have this feeling towards a lot of albums where I don't know if this is just length fatigue or if this really is about the, the quality of the tracks. I think this one's also a little front-loaded, but uh, Virile, virile, however you say that, is... I had it on a loop for like a week. That song is amazing. And I know that this album, like the first half of it came out a while ago, but I only listened to the whole thing just recently. Um, but it, it's good. I definitely want to mess around more with the, the, the back half of the album. I don't really, 
I say that it's front loaded, but I also just didn't really listen to all that much of that that back half because more stuff came out as I listened to this one more. Um, and then another one um, is the side B's for Carly Rae Jepsen's album Dedicated. I'm going to talk a lot more about Carly Rae Jepsen in a second. Um, this album I intend to revisit now based on what I listened to in June, which I, like I said, I'll get to in a second, but I liked what I heard on here, but I'll get back to that. Um, and then the last one in May that I was listening to was the 1975's new album notes on a conditional form. And, uh, this is in my opinion, their worst album. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that is a hot take or, um, you know, I, I think that different people have different opinions on this album. It is bloated as hell. It's like an hour and a half. It has no reason to be as long as it is. Um, like the opening track is, uh, it's a Greta Thunberg speech. And then the second track is like this, this hard headbanging song called People. And then the next tr- two tracks after that is just, I swear, them tuning their instruments. Which, why did you include that? There's absolutely no reason for you to include that in... <laughs> in this uh in this album i think there's a lot of tracks that they could have cut out and um i'm gonna talk i intend to do a full episode dedicated to the 1975 um but like i said i do think this is their worst album i'll talk more about like i said in that solo episode but i think my ranking is i still love the self-titled the most um this may be a hot take but i think brief inquiry into online relationships is their second best I know a lot of people love I Like It When You Fall Asleep, but I don't return to that one that one as much as I do Brief Inquiry, so I have a little bit of a different opinion on their albums than I feel like a lot of fans would, but I'm going to have some people on that are also big 1975 fans to talk about their stuff, so just, you know, look out for that down the road. Um, kicking off June, um, first I have a couple new albums that I was really into, but then I got a bunch of old stuff that I'm going to talk about and uh, kind of talk about the Carly Rae Jepsen thing. But first, um, one of the new albums that I really liked in June was the new Run the Jewels album. Um, I am going to do end-of-the-year lists um, for, you know, best albums of the year and stuff. I will tell you right now that this is a contender for number one, if not number two of the year. So far, it's only it's still only June, but... God, this is an amazing album, and it's timely based on what's going on in the world right now. I know people have talked about Walking in the Snow to Death, but it is an amazing song. Every, the, Both LP and Mike's verses are just insane. And, you know, there's lines in there where he says, um, I can't breathe, and a lot of people are like, oh, wow, you put this out. This is like, you must have just recorded this like a week ago because it was around the time of uh, George Floyd and everything that was going on with the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. And they said, no, we recorded this last year, which just shows, you know, just how important what's going on is right now and how it's been going on. This is not a new occurrence. It's been going on for a while. But the um, the album is, it's just so amazing. I think I, I said that before when I was talking about three-track runs, um, when I was talking about that the Charlie album, that there was another album that I thought had a better three-track run. And for me, that was on this album with uh, the track, the three-track run of Holy Calamifuck, uh, Goonies vs. E.T., and Walking in the Snow. 
I've kind of changed my tune on that a little bit the more I listen to it. I still think all of them are good, but I don't know if it's as good of a three-track run. Uh, also, the I intend to talk about Run the Jewels on here, but the closing track, uh, A Few Words for the Firing Squad, is phenomenal. It's just so hard-hitting, and it, I mean, everything that you need to know about it is just in that title. Um, and then the next new release in June that I listened to was the new... Phoebe Bridgers album Punisher um and I've kind of gone back and forth on this one because I'm a pretty big Phoebe Bridgers fan (laughs) I I might uh, this might be a hot take but I think I still prefer Stranger in the Alps that's not to say Punisher is bad I like Punisher a lot Stranger in the Alps though I feel like I'm gonna be more likely to put on than this album um I really liked some of the teasers for this like Garden Song and Kyoto I thought were amazing. I didn't really like ICU when it was a single, but on the album I, I like it a lot more. Um, I've been working through it more and more. I, I like some of the lyrics on here. Uh, I think the chorus on Halloween is really good. And I know I'm a sucker for closing tracks. You know that by the title of this podcast. But I know the end is truly phenomenal. The the Lyrically, it's it's insane. Uh, I definitely definitely recommend this one. Same with the Run the Jewels album. That they're just both really good and and timely. Um, and then for like older stuff that I listened to in June, uh, I got a few albums here. But first, I said I'd get back to Carly Rae Jepsen. I had never listened to Emotion, start to finish, her 2015 album that everybody always raves about. Um, and I can say that it's it's near perfect. It's amazing. Uh, I see why people rave about this. And I was talking about this um, a lot with multiple different people. I, I just am such a fan of this album. But I think it's funny that her music seems like the type of stuff that would pull in, you know, a bunch of teen girls that relate to the message. And, you know, I can't even necessarily relate to the messaging in the songs, but I feel like her concerts would just be a bunch of uh, <laughs> bearded uh hipsters and music critics because people just love this album and I I understand why it's great uh in that same vein I was kind of having just like I guess a pop night when I first listened to both of these but I also listened to After Laughter by Paramore and I'm a pretty old school Paramore fan um I like you know obviously the old albums I was you know a huge fan of some of their older work when I was in uh, middle school and I guess early high school to some extent too and I, I did see them in concert when they toured with Fall Out Boy that was a quite the trip um I don't know why I slept on this album I I don't know why it it slipped by me but it's pretty great and then one that um I listened to back in like uh, whenever it came out so like January February Unlocked which is the the Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats dual project um I loved it when it came out and I I listened to it consistently but recently I've just been whenever I go on uh, runs um, I use I listen to this one all the time because it's just a good uh, pump up album. I wish it was longer, kind of just like the Rex album. I think it's a little bit too short, um, but there's just some great tracks in here uh, like Diet, Leia, Pyro, and it's all just like um, layered with like pop culture references. Um, there's all kinds of samples like you know there's lightsaber noises there's um talking about mario and and it's just a lot of uh, it's very video game and like movie influenced um I, there's like a line like turn it into a game of fallout or whatever it's it's all very uh you know pop culture very video game influence especially you can see that on the cover and that's a vinyl i intend to pick up a lot of these are vinyls i intend to pick up um 
but yeah, that's that's mainly what I listened to. It was uh, yeah, I list, there was a lot of really good stuff in May. Um, June, in terms of new releases, I feel like has been a little slow. Uh, there was a lot of delays, um, like albums that were supposed to come out that ended up getting pushed back because of you know everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, one that I was looking forward to a lot was the new Oliver Tree album. I'm a big fan of his and I swear that album has been delayed like five or six times now. And I mean, I know he has problems with his label or at least he did. I don't know if that's been remedied, but I'm hoping that some more stuff comes out before this month ends. And then I'm looking forward to July, but there's a lot of good stuff lately. And I just felt like this is a good place to kind of talk about all the good new albums. Um, I intend to do this weekly. And like I said, if I have new people on, it's always good to hear what other people are listening to. I'm usually pretty, active about kind of listening to everything new that I can, or at least that interests me, but everybody's got different tastes. So it's always fun to see what people are actively listening to. And, you know, everybody's got different tastes. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it for what are you listening to or what am I listening to this week or these past two months? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just kind of, figuring this out as I go because it is a it's a brand new show and also I'm starting it you know while we're all still in the middle of what I would call I don't know hell (laughs) with everything going on in the world right now but I've got like I said I have a list of artists that I'm going to send out to everybody see what they want to talk about Um, and I'll have a bunch of different people on I'm waiting on some new equipment to make sure people can get on but yeah I think that's pretty much it so check this show out on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you want to listen to it on. But make sure to also check out the YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to be putting up an audio version on both the uh, podcast listening apps, but as well a version on the YouTube channel. If you are an old up at 2.38 a.m. watcher slash listener, this is a very different show. It's a very different feel. Um, but... I encourage you to stick around and and see what the deal is. But yeah, I think that's it. Check out all the social medias. Check out the YouTube channel. Thank you all for joining us and be on the lookout for new episodes. I'm going to be putting out a whole bunch once I can get people to come around and, and sit down within a proximity that is safe in the middle of a pandemic. So that's part of it. I'm, I'm trying to get more people around so you don't have to just listen to me talk about music. Um, but if you if that works for you too, then cool. So thank you for joining us. If you stop by, uh, make sure to look out for the next episode. Uh, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>